Hello, how's it going? This is Joshua Terry. You're listening to the Joshua Terry podcast. It is currently Saturday at six o'clock when I'm recording this. Uh, just gonna be by myself again today. I'm not gonna go nearly as long as I did last week, considering I'm a little behind. Uh, I was hoping, Jacob and I both were hoping we would be able to record early in the week. Uh, unfortunately, he had finals and stuff still going on. He's busy in chiropractic school. We got a time difference, so it's tough. I do not blame him at all. Uh, but that being said, Jacob did have a fantastic week of picks last week. So we're going to talk, I'm going to talk briefly about last week's picks and then a short recap of the game that we saw on Thursday night before uh, I make the picks for this coming week. Jacob has texted me his picks, so I'll talk about what those are. Um, last week, I mentioned Jacob did a great job. Went 2-0-1. So if you have a push, which means that if the spread was a six-point spread and it ends up being a six-point game in the one that you pick, uh, that means it's a push, so it's a tie. Um, so... For anybody that might not know that, that's that's how that works. So Jacob went 2-0-1 last week. He had the Titans at the Jaguars. Easy win for him right there. Uh, the Jaguars actually moved the ball on that Titans defense, which is not good, but they didn't score when they needed to. Derrick Henry, obviously, by far leading the league in rushing, and it's, it's really not close. At the start of last week, and it's probably still accurate right now, um, but at the start of last week, he had more yards after contact than the second most second person in total yards uh, overall. Um, yeah, so after contact, he had more yards than Nick Chubb does, who is currently second in rushing in the NFL. That's how much how many yards Derrick Henry has had. It's it's ridiculous how he's producing so much, but they just keep feeding him. That offense is definitely a run first offense to set up the play action, and. That's that's what they do well. Their defense isn't good, but if they got a lead, they can melt that clock, throw a deep ball every now and then with Tannehill, and feed Derrick Henry. Uh, Cardinals and 49ers. Jacob also uh, got this when he picked the Cardinals minus 5.5. He got real lucky here. The 49ers didn't seem like they were ever going to win, but it definitely felt like they might cover. And uh, The Cardinals really did a good job keeping the 49ers in the game. Uh, they didn't seem to put the gas on. Uh, after they took a lead, they really let them back in there and, and didn't didn't put them away until towards the end when there was a turnover. You get that with with Cliff Kingsbury teams; they're inconsistent. Still five and zero though, covered against a good team. Ended up winning, I think, seventeen to seven. So they did win by ten and covered that spread. Um, now Jacob and I both had Packers minus three at the Bengals. That game was nuts. Uh, it was so weird. Uh, the Packers should have won easier. They took it to overtime. They The kickers were missing left and right. I think both kickers missed three or four, which was crazy. Uh, and the Packers ended up pushing in that game. So uh, won by three in overtime. So those are Jacob's picks last week. Um, I had the Packers minus three also. I did go one, one, and one last week. So not terrible, not good per se, though. Uh, not what I want, at least, after I went three and oh the week before um i did i did have the colts plus seven at the ravens colts came out really doing a great job against lamar jackson and then in the second half lamar jackson was firing the ball over the middle of the field and the and the 
Colts, for some reason, did not adjust. And that's what was infuriating watching that game is when you're watching that team, the Colts' defense did a great job in the first half. They played a zone and just begged Lamar to throw it, and then he starts hitting all of his throws, and guys are making plays after the catch. And they still never adjusted. They never tightened it up. They, they kept playing super soft. He would throw it underneath and let them get yards after the catch, and it worked out for them, and they were able to have a crazy good comeback converting two different two-point conversions to end up taking the game away from the Colts. Now, they still covered the seven-point spread, which was all that I needed. After it went to overtime, the Ravens went right down the field after they got the ball and ended up scoring a touchdown to win the game. But six points still covered. I felt seven was too much, even on the road. The Colts' defense is still solid. They just didn't adjust. Raiders was a huge disappointment. This is in the wake of the John Gruden mess that we've seen. It's unfortunate to see what's happened there uh, with, with him. It seems like they were very distracted as a team and coming into the week, which you hate to see if you pick a team. I need to keep that in mind next time. Uh, it's definitely a reason why we've been staying away from most Jaguars games, even if we feel okay about them. Um, but the Raiders versus the Bears, I didn't trust in Justin Fields, and Fields did a good job. He did exactly what he needed to do to keep the Bears in that game. And, I mean, if you're a Bears fan, you should actually feel a little bit optimistic at this point. They're finally blocking a little better. Nagy's kind of adjusted his play calling to the strength of his players. Now, their backup running back tested positive for COVID, so you might not have as good of a running game this week as they have been. But, you know, when they when they have David Montgomery running the ball, catching it out of the backfield, and then they had Damian Williams, who's a very capable back formerly in Kansas City out in, in as his backup, they were very good and versatile. Both those guys can catch it. Uh, so we'll see what happens now with them leading into this week. So for the season that brings Jacob and I both, we're at the same record now. I was up last week. We're tied again. Eight, six, and one on the year for both of us. Looking forward to see if we can continue to raise that and get higher up. So, uh, if somebody does listen to this and they decide they want to use our advice, that we end up making them money. So that's the goal. Now, before I make our picks for next week, I did want to recap a little bit, very briefly, the game that we saw on Thursday night. It was the Buccaneers and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Now, this game in the first half was not particularly close at all, and it felt like the Buccaneers should have been up even more. In the NFL, obviously, you have to be able to be versatile in offense and defense. Be able to rush and throw and put the ball in, in the red zone and then be decent enough on defense so you don't let a team in. That's that to score. And that's obvious. That's very easy stuff to understand. You want to be able to score in multiple different ways. You want to keep the defense on your heels so they don't know exactly what you're going to be doing. And then when you have opportunities to score, you need to be able to capitalize on those. The Eagles in the first half were so abysmal on offense and they only ran the ball one time. They finished the game with 100 yards rushing. Miles Sanders only had one rush in the first half, one. Now, they didn't pass the ball well. They Jalen Hurts didn't even complete 50% of his passes. He got sacked twice, only threw one touchdown, 12 for 26, 113 yards, one touchdown, and he threw a pick. The Buccaneers kind of let him back in the game. Brady threw a pick at the end of the half when they were trying to take a lead 
Fournette played very well, rushing and receiving. Antonio Brown, playing through an injury, played really great. They were getting the ball to Howard. Um, and then they have all those weapons, but they didn't put him away. The Eagles had an opportunity if they would just – I don't know. Oh, this, uh, this is the point I'm trying to make. In the second half, they rushed for 100 yards, basically. I mean, Miles Sanders went from zero off of – had one carry for one yard or something like that in the first half. I don't remember what the exact number is. I apologize. But they start handing the ball off to him, and then all of a sudden – they're able to be more versatile on offense. The defense doesn't know what you're doing. So even if the running game isn't there, you have to at least threaten a defense with it. You cannot be passing every single down. Now, teams like the Chiefs in the last couple of years, teams like the Cardinals right now, you're seeing them with these crazy good passing attacks. They still at least try to threaten you with the running game every now and then. Now, if they're playing from behind, obviously the script changes a little bit. But if the defense knows what you're doing, it will obviously limit what you can do because they know what you're going to do, so they're going to play you a certain way to stop what they know you're about to do. Now, I'm going to play a clip from Coach of the Chargers, Mr. Staley, I believe. I cannot believe I'm forgetting his name. I'm going to get that real quick. But this was from a press conference. He was talking about the running game. The Chargers are another team that particularly throws the ball extremely well. And, you know, their running backs are very versatile as well. I keep saying the word versatile, but they both of their running backs that they have, they really have three of them that they rotate in and out. Eckler is their bell cow per se, but he can go between the tackles, he can go outside the tackles, and he can receive. And that's what you kind of want. But they're still, even though they would probably rather try to get chunks, they still have to rush the ball to get those, uh, get the defense off balance. So I'm going to let Brandon Staley, head coach of the Chargers, this is his first year. Now he's a defensive coach. He was a coach for under Sean McVay and the Rams last year. And after last year, the Rams had the number one defense. All of these guys were trying to bring him in to their team so they can have a, have a good young coach, energetic, looks at things differently than a lot of uh, people they've adapt, that have kind of set in their ways. He's adapted with the league. I'm going to play this clip from Brandon Staley talking about why you have to run the ball. So here's Brandon Staley. What I think that the running game does for a quarterback um, is it gives you some breathers. And, um, you know, you don't need a good running game to be a good play action team. But what you need the running game for is the physical element of the game. There's a physicality to the game that's real, right? If you're just a passing team, okay, there's a physical element to the game that the defense doesn't have to respect, okay? And that's the truth, okay? Because the data will tell you, you don't need a run game to play pass. That's not, you don't need that. But what the running game does for you, it brings a physical dimension to the football game. And what the running game does that the passing game does not is the running game forces the defense to play blocks and to tackle. That happens on a run play. You must play blocks and you must tackle. In the passing game, those things don't have to happen, right? You don't have to play as many blocks, right? And you don't, may not have to tackle based on incomplete or not. So what the running game does is it really challenges your physicality. And that's why I think the run game is important to a quarterback is because it's going to allow him literally to have more space to operate when you do throw the football. 
Okay, it's not that you need the run game to throw it. It's just what it gives the rest of your skill players. And that's kind of the stuff that I just, I find fascinating hearing coaches actually talk X's and O's and not just about the stuff that we end up hearing at press conferences sometimes. So that was great from Brandon Staley. And it's exactly what the Eagles did not do for Jalen Hurts. They didn't, I mean, the, you, if you're a defense, you're hoping that Jalen Hurts is forced to pass it because he's a great runner. He's dynamic with the ball in his hand. So you're literally forcing him not to play left-handed. He's a quarterback. He has to be able to throw. But we know he's throwing, and that's not his strength per se. So, you know, you have a new coach with Sirianni in the, uh, for the Eagles and something that he probably needs to be looking at. So um, loved hearing that from Brandon Staley. It's the kind of stuff people need to listen to. They, they, everybody wants them to just throw it over the top, throw it over the top, throw it over the top. You got to set it up. Coaches got to make it easier on their quarterbacks. So loved hearing that. I just found it interesting. Loved getting a chance to share that with you. And now we're going to go ahead and get into next week's picks. So I'm going to make mine first. Uh, and then we'll talk about Jacob's briefly as well. He did text me his. Unfortunately, he's not here to make them. I have a problem picking between. I really, this is a tough week. Uh, there's four in particular I, I kind of was debating on using We've only been doing three each week, so I'll tell you all my three that, I, that I'm going to probably pick, and, or that I'm going to pick, and then tell you all the other one I was thinking about. Um, I've been trying to ride the hot hand. Now, the Chargers are underdogs heading into this game against the Ravens. Now, the Ravens have been in some tight games. The Chargers have been dynamic lighting it up. Now, they lit up this Chiefs defense last week blew out the AFC champion, reigning champion. Justin Herbert throws it deep. He throws it efficiently. And then like we heard their coach talking about, they're not afraid to run the ball to make it easier on him. And they do a good job of all of those things. Their offensive line blocks well, which was not necessarily a strength for them last year. Uh, the biggest hesitation I'm having right now with this game is that Mike Williams is hurt, and he's been their best receiver this year. Keenan Allen more intermediate, Mike Williams deep, and uh, even Jared Cook over the middle of the field as a tight end has been making big plays for them uh, constantly. Now, the Ravens' defense is very good. They've been improving every week. We saw them struggle this last week against the Colts. Now, I've mentioned last week I don't like, I don't like picking a team that has to come back constantly. So I'm getting three points. On the road, Ravens are a good home team, but I don't want to pick a team that's constantly having to come back or win in overtime like we saw from the Ravens early on. Um, they they lost a tight game. They very, I mean, they won a tight game against the Chiefs, the team that the Chargers just made look silly. Chargers defense is very good and they're fast, which is important. They don't really have the best of any core group. They don't have the best linebacking core. They don't have the best secondary. They don't have the best linemen, but they play well together. They've got guys that are fast and can stop this kind of defense, in my opinion. So I like the getting three points here. Even though it's in Baltimore, I like the Chargers plus three. Second pick. So this is kind of blasphemous, I, I guess, picking against the Patriots at home. Um, the Cowboys have, in my opinion, been the best-looking offense this year. Not necessarily the most dynamic, but they're consistent. They don't make mistakes. 
and they're well-balanced and have multiple guys that can make plays. Dak Prescott has not been making mistakes. Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been putting it on the ground. He's been making big plays. Uh, Pollard, as we've talked about on this podcast before, is kind of dynamo out of the backfield, kind of lightning bolt uh, for them. So they're definitely well-versed. And the only reason that I'm picking against my team, my favorite team, who I think has a good defense, especially in their front seven, I don't think the Cowboys are going to blow them out probably, especially at home in a must-win game for the Patriots. If the Patriots lose, they're 2-4 and four on the year. And they haven't won a home game. So it it if they lose, I mean, if I don't get this pick, I'm going to be frustrated with myself for picking against my team. I don't like doing it anyway. But I just don't think the Patriots are going to be able to catch up. Mac Jones still doesn't really love to throw it down the field. Passes over 10 yards. He's probably got one of the lower yards for attempts in the league so far this year. He's extremely efficient. Does not make a lot of mistakes. But in this last game where they had to come back against the Texans, Davis Mills was lighting them up in the first half. They barely squeaked that game out. And Damon Harris is hurt for the Patriots. Their biggest help right now is their defensive line and their linebacker core for the Patriots. But for some reason, they're still not able to really stop the run. I think the Cowboys should be able to run the ball on them. I think they'll be able to throw the ball on them. And I don't see the Patriots being able to light up this defense. That is much improved for the Cowboys. Um, so three and a half doesn't feel like a whole lot. I, I feel like the Cowboys could definitely win by a touchdown. It's not hard to picture that happening. So Cowboys minus three and a half on the road against the Patriots in New England. Last one I'm going to pick is the Cleveland Browns minus three at home against the Arizona Cardinals. No, I'm not even going to do it. I've been struggling with these four. I'm not going to do that. Cardinals are undefeated. I feel like they're due to lose one, but this could definitely be a close game. I'm going to go with with what feels safer to me. Bills minus five and a half in Tennessee against the Titans. Now, we talked about the Titans being able to run the ball. Derrick Henry is a monster. Five and a half, is, it's, it's not even a touchdown against this Bills team that made the Chiefs look silly, okay? Now, the Chiefs' defense is not good, but neither is the Titans' defense. And I don't think that this Titans' offense can keep up with the way that the Bills play, unless Derrick Henry somehow gets 35 touches again, like we saw in that comeback win against the Seahawks. I just don't see it happening. This Bills' team is better than them in pretty much every facet of the game, except for the running game. The Bills are not better. Now, the Titans certainly... Could shock people, but the Bills are on another level right now in the NFL. I think that they really are going to – they got embarrassed week one against the Steelers, and they haven't looked back since. They've allowed uh, – they, they had two shutouts, I believe, and then held the Chiefs to less than 24 points. I think it was 21, 24 points. Um, anyway, five and a half doesn't feel like a lot that you have to swallow there. Um, now, they are on the road, which is scary, but that tells me – I'm, I just don't have much to worry about on there. On a neutral field, you you probably have the Bills favored by eight or nine points. Tennessee doesn't feel like it's the biggest home field advantage. We saw the Cardinals go in there and beat them in week one in a game where uh, most people were picking the Titans. Obviously, the Cardinals are better than we thought, but that game was not close. I don't think the Titans are that great. They have good players on their offense with Julio coming back, A.J. Brown should be back as well. They're not particularly healthy on offense either. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with this 
Chiefs or with this Bills offense. Now, I do need to correct myself. I was talking about the Chargers earlier. They did beat the Chiefs. It was a game where they did throw the ball all over them and force turnovers, but last week was the Bills and the Chiefs when the Chiefs made looked really silly against the Bills. Um, either way, I still feel like my points were valid when I was talking about those teams. So those are the three I'm picking. Char- Char- Chargers plus three in Baltimore. I got the Bills minus five and a half at the Titans and the Cowboys minus three and a half at the Patriots. Now I am going to mention this Browns game because I was literally about to pick it and I changed my mind last second. I think that the Cardinals are due for a loss. I think that the Browns should be able to run the ball on this Cardinals defense, which is not their strength. They're not bad, but they haven't played the best offenses in the leagues yet. They're 5-0, played extremely well. Kyler Murray is probably top three MVP candidate right now. Cliff Kingsbury hasn't been giving games away. He's been keeping it close every now and then. But the Browns minus three at home after a game where they kind of gave it away to the Chargers last week. It was a crazy game, 47 to 42. They still scored 42 points on this Chargers defense, which was a which is a great defense. Um, and the Browns, even though they gave up a lot of points against the superb offense, I'm not I don't think that the Cardinals offense is as good as the Chargers offense is. So that being said. I think the Browns have the type of defense to slow down this Cardinals offense that has been dynamic. Minus three doesn't feel like too much to take, especially at home for this Browns team. Now, Nick Chubb is out. It'll be Kareem Hunt, though. And Kareem Hunt is a top running back in this league, even though he doesn't necessarily play first string. They really are a 1A and a 1B kind of running game. Uh, Baker Mayfield, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, is efficient enough normally to win games like this. So I like the Cardinals to take the L here. I like the Browns minus three. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Uh, So we shall see what happens, but I'm pretty confident in that pick as well. But my official ones, one last time, Chargers plus three at Ravens, Bills minus five and a half at Titans, Cowboys minus three and a half at Patriots. Those lines might move, and then maybe they have. We're using uh, FanDuel Sportsbook when we're looking at all right, Jacob's picks before we get out of here. Jacob likes Cowboys over Patriots. I just talked about that. He likes the Bengals to cover against the Detroit Lions. Now, the Lions are at home. The line is three and a half. I don't necessarily agree with that pick. I don't think the Bengals are as good as we think, as many people think. Their defense has definitely stepped up. They played a good good game last week against the uh, against the Green Bay Packers, like we talked about a minute ago. But Lions are a feisty team, and they want to win so bad. After that loss last week, I don't know if they might not have enough. They might not have the energy for it this week after the way they played last week. Still lost the game after going for two to take the lead with 37 seconds left. That's the second time we've seen that happen to them, where they let a team come right back after they score a game-winning touchdown, what would be a game-winning touchdown. This Lions team plays hard. They fight hard for that coach. They've got to get a win at some point. There's no way they go winless. They have enough guys. Jared Goff isn't terrible, and they still have a good running game. They've got a great offensive line. I think they, the Detroit Lions could win that game. But Jacob likes Bengals, minus 3.5. Vikings over Panthers. I actually really love this pick for him. Uh, I wouldn't say that the Panthers are overrated. I think they kind of had a, a decent schedule for their style of team. Um, with McCaffrey out, they actually just put him on IR. I think the Vikings minus two and a half is what he's got. I don't think that's a bad pick even on the road for the Vikings. The Vikings have had the hardest schedule, in my opinion, coming into this week. They've lost some gut wrenchers. 
Their defense is very good. They held a Browns team to only 14 points. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been actually throwing the ball down the field. Adam Thielen, obviously, is fantastic. Justin Jefferson, probably one of the better wide receivers in the league in only his second year. Um, actually like that pick as well for him. So one last time, Jacob's picks. He's got the Cowboys, minus three and a half at the Patriots. He's got the Bengals, minus three and a half at Detroit, and the Vikings, minus two and a half in Carolina without McCaffrey. Chuba Hubbard's been pretty good for the Panthers, uh, but their defense is, is it's still young. They still have a young defense, so we'll see. we'll see how that game goes. I think it'll actually be a pretty good game, too. Um, so that's really all I've got this week. Not as long as normal. Um, I'm really looking forward to this weekend of uh, football. It's going to be great. I'm going to have red zone on after that Cowboys and Patriots game. And if, if, if I'm crying, you know, in a way it's a win-win situation for me. And I didn't do that intentionally, but if they lose, but the Cowboys cover, at least I got my pick, right? You know, I mean, that's kind of a, I don't, I mean, that's not the best way to look at it, but at least I got my pick, right? Obviously I'm going to be rooting for my Patriots. I hope they dominate. I hope they dominate. I hope they shock everybody. Uh, their defense is still good. They got Judon getting sacks all over the place. He's tied for a second in the league. Anyway, I already talked about that game. I'm not going to go on any further. I really appreciate everybody for listening. Listen again next week, hopefully. Hopefully, we have a guest back on, and I'm not by myself. Uh, I don't particularly love doing it by myself. I feel like this one went pretty decent, though. Hoping to get more people back on again soon. Y'all have a great weekend. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.